win nights was not pretty, but we will get into it. It's a win. A win is a win. Welcome back to Charge On. As always, I'm your host, Sean Green. I'm joined by Nick Geddes and Rob Husby. We're recording this the night of the game, night after the game. A lot to get into, a lot to discuss, a lot ahead for UCF to be excited, but a lot that we need to cover in this UCF versus Georgia Tech game. Nick, how are you doing tonight? Uh, Did you enjoy the game? And uh, just give your initial first thoughts into this uh, pretty, pretty brutal game, to be honest. Yeah, objectively speaking, not the and, and good evening to both of y'all, by the way. Yeah. Uh, but objectively speaking, not the most, let's say, flattering game. I guess is the word I'll go with, for lack of a better term. They're not the most flattering, flashy game for UCF. Uh, but you know what? Wins come in all shapes and sizes. Uh, the last thing I'm worrying about right now is the rankings, the polls, or anything like that. So at this point, I don't care how they come. Before you get into conference play, I just want to go out of this 3-1, and one, and UCF has done that. Uh, probably should be 4-0, but you are right. Your record says you are. You're 3-1, and one, and in this game, a lot of things went against UCF's way, especially on offense, which I know we're going to get into here in a little bit, but I guess it's a sign of a team that is able to still overcome that, right, and pull out a three-touchdown victory. So you take them. You take those wins. Yeah, W's a W. Rob, you watch the game. What are your initial thoughts? Obviously, we're going to get into it heavily, uh, talking about this offense, this defense, but what were your initial thoughts playing a Georgia Tech team that we discussed on the last pod has really had nothing to lose? I mean, they a head coach that most likely is going to be fired in the next coming weeks, a team that has struggled heavily, especially in the last however many games. So what were your thoughts on uh, this 27-10 to victory? Yeah, I think uh, again. Good evening to you both. Um, as we uh, as we get another dub to the column for this season. Um, no, I think I think everything is kind of kind of mixed feeling. I guess you would say like there's a lot of positives to take away. Obviously, I mean, obviously it's a win. That's great. We're feeling feeling a little bit confident. But I don't know. Heading into next week against SMU, I mean, there's still glaring issues. I think that need to be addressed, and I don't know. If those are going to get fixed overnight, in you know, or in a week, I don't think they will. There's this is going to be something I think we're uh, we'll get into it, but I think it's going to be something we're going to see all season long, and maybe that's not great. But as of right now, listen, they got the W. That's what matters. Um, you know, like Nick said, they kind of come any which way they will, and they did. It came in the way of our defense holding up and and getting just enough points on the board to win. So we'll take it. Yeah, we'll take it. And listen, if you know anything about this podcast up to this point, we do not mind saying how we feel. We are UCF fans, but we will talk bad about the team when we want to. So as many of you fans talk badly on Twitter, we will talk about it on this podcast. There are many negatives to take from this game. So many positives from the last game against FAU. Many negatives in this game. You can't deny it. I think this is the first time. We're through four weeks, gentlemen. We're through four weeks of play. And I think we can all agree, I think we have a pretty good grasp of what this UCF team is. Do we love this UCF team right now? I think if I were to give this team a ranking, I'd rank them a 7 out of 10. I think they could be 
one of the best teams in the country, but they are they don't play like it. You know, I think I told Rob before we started this game reminded me of Louisville. The this is was Louisville 2.0. The only difference in this game is Georgia Tech made mistakes, whereas Louisville did not. That's the only difference. If Georgia Tech scores in the red zone, and we were talking about they're o, they were 0-5 in the red zone. If Georgia Tech puts up the field goals and maybe puts in one touchdown, this game's completely different. Completely different. Now, we can go in and say, oh, well, if, you know, we didn't fumble the ball in the end zone off the fumble and, you know, that was a touchdown, oh, we could have... I'm just saying strictly from Georgia Tech's standpoint, they moved the ball on us all day long. They were just not successful in the red zone. I think that's, Nick, that is what kind of scares a common UCF fan. Now, we'll get into the defense. I think the defense played, though they gave up 438 yards, they didn't allow points in the red zone, so those are positives. But they moved the ball all over us for a team that has struggled to move the ball on their past opponents of the last three weeks. So what is kind of your takeaway in that sense? And what was your overall processing of this team after this week against Georgia Tech? Yeah, look, I mean, you said that we should have a good grasp of what this team is. I really don't, especially offensively. I, I don't know what their identity is. I think they they know how they want to play. They just haven't shown me that for long stretches of the season so far. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know what they are. I mean... The reality is you take the win any way you get it, that's great. But under 50 passing yards at home <laughs> against Georgia Tech, I'm going to say that again, under 50 passing yards at home against Georgia Tech. My brain can't even process that. I can't function knowing that that's what they did tonight. Uh, you're not going to, again, you're not going to win many football games when you do that. And this is now two times. This is two games, a 50% shot. I have no idea what team I'm going to see on a week-to-week basis. That scares me as somebody who watches this team. That scares me that I don't know which team I'm getting offensively week-to-week. It doesn't look the same ever. I never know who's being, who's going to be involved, who's not going to be involved, who's going to be showing up, who's going to be missing. I don't know in this offense. And I, I just – the offense I don't think was great last year. And I know, the, I know the numbers so far through four games say that they've taken improvements in the offense. But i got to tell you, it doesn't seem like it. Does it to any of y'all? It doesn't to me. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. And, again, John Rice Plumley again, he wasn't asked to do much in this game. But another night where he's under 50% passing, I believe, just at 50, not creating at much there. Yeah, not creating much there through the air. And it's I understand there's a talent difference between FAU and Georgia Tech. I get that. But why is it six days later it's so shockingly bad like that? That's something that I just can't wrap my head around right now. And that's I think that's what we were talking about, right? And that's kind of the question mark where we were all praising the play calls against FAU. And when I was watching it, I'm like, are we just – is it – because I'm like, it's not the quality of opponent, okay? Like I don't want to say, oh, it's Georgia Tech. No, I mean – the play calls against FAU were completely different. Now, some people, and I think all people, say, well, listen, Georgia Tech has proven that they cannot stop the run. That has been proven over the last three weeks. Teams run all over Georgia Tech. So I understand, okay, 
if your game plan was to run the ball. Okay, you ran the ball 56 times and threw it 16 or 17 times. I'm sorry, you're UCF. You're known as UCF fast. That is your MO. That's been what you are for the last however many years. Let's get it 100% straight. A 10-minute drive to start the game to put up only three points in 10 minutes and then to kind of struggle for the rest of the game, especially on offense. Ran the ball great. I mean, yeah, you had 284 yards rushing. So you ran the ball on them. You only put up 27 points. And most of that came from Georgia Tech's mistakes, the blocked punt. That was probably the biggest play of this game to make it 13-7 going into half. That was, And they missed two field goals in the first half. Rob, that's, I think, what's rushing-wise, right? Let's look at rushing specifically on the offense. We'll go into the passing and stuff because, yeah, 49 yards, Nick said it. That is so poor. When your leading receiver is a running back, I'm sorry, there's a problem there. <laughs> You have some of the best skill position players, number one in the, co- uh, in the conference and number two in the country. When your number one receiver is Isaiah Bowser, I get it. You want to run the football. But when does that become – we talked about this for weeks. When does that become a problem for this UCF team? You're about to face some big-time teams. What happens when you can't run the ball and you have to throw it? What happens? Yeah, no, and I think it seems like they're using the run as sort of a safety blanket. When John Rice misses an open receiver, which he did, um, there was a point he missed Johnny Richardson wide open. There was a couple overthrows. There was quite a few missed open plays from John Rice. Uh, It seems like when the laterals aren't working and when, you know, maybe John Rice can't get out of the pocket or make a throw uh, while he's scrambling, they really, really heavily rely on the run, and they use it as a cushion. They say, okay, well, John Rice can't throw in the air, and he's kind of going cold, so let's just run, 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 because Georgia Tech's run defense isn't good. But no, to your point, if they go up against a team that has a good run defense or that starts to really just completely um, shut down the run from UCF's perspective— Uh, Absolutely. I mean, that's where it gets really critical is can John Rice hit the open targets? Are they going to be able to offensively play call, you know, these, these, um, you know, anything other than a screenplay? You know, can they get anything downfield for the guy when you're so run heavy dominant? I mean, you're just asking to be a one trick pony. So I think that's where UCF has kind of lost its identity. I think they're kind of shifting away from the UCF fast. You know, the UC fast uh, offense. I mean, that was kind of a hype thing. I don't know. I don't know. I, it's a new regime. Gus Malzahn you know, wrote a book is... about the no huddle. Like, th- th- yeah. this is what we were assuming. But why but are I'm we? Not, but this? I'm not seeing any growth in that, though. That's great that he wrote a book. That's great that he <laughs> oh, went to a national championship. Yeah. It's great that he beat Nick Saban three times. That's <laughs> awesome. Okay. But yeah. is anybody going to come up here and say what we've seen so far offensively since he's gotten here is as advertised? No. Is it? Is it no, really? I mean, look, I, mean look, I guess even, if you compare it to what he was playing, if you compare it to his past Auburn teams, I guess it's as advertised. Very underwhelming, middling. But and, and, and it's like, to me, John Rice Plumley is direct benefactor of what Gus Malzahn, of Gus Malzahn. Because Gus Malzahn brought him in here. Gus Malzahn brought him in here, said, okay, thank, thanks but no thanks, Mikey Keene, for last year, for getting us out of that, that funk and, you know, the five-game winning streak, whatever it was. Thank you but no thanks. Here's my guy. He's going to run my system, 
and he's going to be better and he's going to light the world on fire. I'm on a 50% conversion rate of that happening or hit rate. That's not good enough, man. It's just not good enough. So, I mean, I, I look at Gus Malzahn too. There's got to be something going differently in this offense right now because once we get into play, I mean, next week is SMU, right? Yeah. It's not gonna. This is not going to fly against SMU. Mm-mm-mm. There's no, no way. Not with a better quarterback, not with a better offense than SMU. And also, I mean, I think it is too. I mean, you see it in the one thing we really didn't think that was going to happen coming into the season was we saw all of the offensive weapons that UCF had and said, wow, the offense is not going to be a problem. You know, we obviously live and die by the quarterback. Any team does and and what the quarterback is able to do. But, I mean, we're not seeing the production. I don't think any of us thought we would see out of these wide receivers um, you know, Javon Baker, we've seen it out, but a lot of these other guys like Kamari Gamble, Kobe Hudson, we're not seeing them get the ball nearly at all sometimes. But Rob, that, and that is the thing that is what Nick was saying. Like that is the direct reason of the offense. Like right. if Gus changed the identity of, okay, we're going to throw the ball around. These guys would be getting more involved. It Absolutely. is not on these guys, and that's what I'm scared about for the future is, and again, UCF fans can say all they want in the comments, like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about, say it. You're having kids come visit, and they, they had over 50 recruits at this game today. Some are four-star receivers that are saying, huh, am I going to come to UCF? And I'm sorry, if I'm a receiver, and you've got Javon Baker, Ryan O'Keefe, Kamori Gamble, Kobe Hudson, and you're telling me the only receiver that caught a ball today was Ryan O'Keefe, two receptions. I'm sorry, if it's between UCF, Ole Miss, or whatever, no way I'm coming to no way I'm coming to UCF. If I'm a running back, oh yeah, like I'll be honest, Gus's offense, I know I can be a stud. I know I'm getting the ball at least 13 times a game. I know I'm running over. But if I'm a receiver, I'm like, unless Thomas Castellanos is like the greatest quarterback to come into UCF in the last 10 years, why would I go to UCF with this offense? Not saying it can't be changed, but why, why would I come to UCF? And I'm just being honest. You mentioned it there. I mean, Ryan O'Keefe, he had three touches in this game. He had three touches in this game, Ryan O'Keefe. That's, that's I'm not going to say a fireball offense, but it's pretty damn close. Three touches. And I texted y'all at halftime. I'm like, what the, where the hell's Johnny Richardson? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like one week we're like, oh, we're going to get Johnny Richardson involved. We do it against FAU. And in this game, how many touches did he get? Seven. Yeah, but he has Seven been touches. in there a lot more. He has been yeah, in there. Yeah, he's been in a bit. I want him to get the ball more. I want, I want more yeah. of the ball. I mean, I know they gave R.J. Harvey a shot there in the second half, and he looked, he looked really good. If there's anything I'm seeing yeah. still is that Isaiah Bowser does not look the same that he was last year, or the run blocking for him is just not great. Probably a mixture of the two. I think I like what I've seen more out of RJ Harvey. I like what I've seen out of Johnny Richardson in the spurts. I think those are the guys you got to get the ball. I think Gus right now is just pounding it with with Isaiah Bowser. Like he's going to get twenty touches no matter what, and I just don't think it's working, man. It's just not working. I mean, again, under four yards of carry in college football is not good. It's not good in the NFL. It's really not good in college football. And here's the thing. So I agree with you. I think after today, second half R.J. Harvey, 12 carries, 73 yards. He was moving piles. He was creating for himself. He was picking up the extra yards. Bowser, 19 carries, 70 yards. 
it looked compl- like a completely different offense when he was in. Now, what I was telling what I was telling everybody and when I'm like looking at this game, I'm saying, "Okay, I think we talked about it last week. Use Bowser for the third and twos, the four and ones. You want to use the Wildcat? He's that's the best play with him in. This season has been the Wildcat formation. He picks it up almost 95% of the time. Like if you want a touchdown, you're at the 2-yard line, you put him in Wildcat, he's getting in there. First and 10, I'm sorry. I'm I would rather have RJ Harvey at this point. Not saying Bowser can't bounce back. At this point, it is so apparent there is something not there, and I blamed the offensive line. Offensive line play has played much better the last two weeks. Still some room for improvement. This game, they weren't perfect. But you see it in the way R.J. Harvey. They created holes for him. He ran into them. I think sometimes with Bowser, and there was one time Bowser cut it to the outside, and he looked really good. I think Bowser's just like, I'm going to go. I am so much bigger than you. I'm going to go down the middle. And unfortunately, that hasn't been working. So, Gus, the one thing we can't, we have to credit Gus for is when something is not working or something hasn't been the way that he assumes, he switches it up. Place kick or the kicker, punter, he changes it up. Boomer. Exactly. We'll talk about Boomer. We will talk about Boomer, but he changes things. So, I think it's very apparent. He loves Isaiah Bowser. He thinks he's an NFL running back, which I don't necessarily disagree with him, but he's not showing it this season. He showed yeah. it last season. R.J. Harvey this season, like, I want to see R.J. Harvey in there. I think if you want to run the football, I think he is your best chance if you're going on first if, and if 10 the, you want to do line's not gonna, runs. Yeah, if the line's not going to be great and you're helping on running the football that much, I need somebody in there with a little bit more burst. Than Isaiah Bowser, a little bit. I do yeah. with a little bit more, a little bit more ability to make moves, some cuts, and to make guys miss. Isaiah Bowers, Bowser is not that kind of guy, and I think that's part yeah. of it. Maybe the offensive line play was 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 miles better last year in front of him. Yeah, and I think also thing, Bowser. You're Bowser's, the, go ahead, Rob. Yeah, sorry. Uh, I no. Well, with Bowser, I think he's more of a power back. So I mean, I think just fitting him to his role of you know putting him in the red zone and having being a red zone threat, I think is where he will play to his strengths. No, and that's the thing, right? It If you're, like, and to Nick's point, we're talking about what the offensive identity is. I think when I say I think I figured it out, you, no. The, we, we have no idea what the offense is going to be each week. But I think what I have learned from what I've seen is basically if it's not a good running defense, like if they cannot defend the run, we're just going to run the ball. And Gus doesn't care. It's very apparent. Gus does not care one iota for passing the football if he knows that the opposing team can't stop you on the run. Now, I get the 284 rushing yards. That's great. I don't think it was that. The rushing was effective. But again, you put up 27 points. There's a reason you pass the ball. You run the ball to get the defense to move up, and then you take some deep shots. Not saying it wasn't there, but listen, the one the one pick by JRP, he had Kamori Gamble wide open. Wide open. And he threw it into double coverage. So that's on JRP. But I'm sorry, I don't think 56 rushing attempts to 17 passing attempts. I get it, you want to run the football. That's just not, it's not an enjoyable brand, especially when you're not killing the team. If UCF was dominating Georgia Tech, 
we would be having a completely different conversation. If they were running all over them and just scoring all these points, it's like, okay, that was their game plan. They dominated. But Georgia Tech put up 438 yards of total offense. We put up 333 yards. So, I mean, what does that say? Like, I mean, what can you take away? Like, yeah, you could take away, you can run the football, but it's not, like, so effective when you're hitting a fourth and two on your first drive and you have to run the football to, to ultimately get a first down. I mean, it wasn't effective to that point. I think for me, my expectations have to be tempered by a good amount going forward. I think we all expected, because there's so much talent on this team. I think mm-hmm. a, this, is not a, this is not a talent issue on this team by any means. UCF, to me, is mildly talent, more talented than every team they've played this year, including Louisville, who I, I'm tired of watching. I've seen three in a row games. I know. I'm burning I've out. seen so many, Stop playing. so many Louisville games. Just they have to play all the Florida teams, and I'm locked in. But anywho, uh, UCF that that one hurts UCF right now. But they're they've been more talented than all those teams. Not a talent issue, but for us to think that this these are the these are the UCF teams of a couple years ago or whatever that we could just walk in, especially get home and dominate and move on. You can't do it anymore. You just can't do it anymore. It's going to be a fight in every single game they play. Every single game, including the ones on the road, because like like a tra- like a trap game, a tricky game like East Carolina, that's a hard place to play. I bet you that one's mm-hmm. going to trip up UCF as well, right? I mean, last year they lost against Navy, right? Remember they lost against Navy on the road. I mean, that's just kind of. I think we just have to acknowledge just where the program is. Not that it's in a bad shape or anything like that. Just temper expectations a little bit is at least what I'm doing based on what I've seen through four games. Yeah, and I think, again, we'd be having so many different conversations right now if it was a blowout. And, again, I don't want to say, like, oh, we're just being negative because it was 27-10. We talk about what's put on the field. and No, you, you don't apologize for the victories. No. No, and that's the thing. They, they got the W. That's what's most important. If UCF lost this game, we'd be saying the same things is the reason that they lost. You're going to play SMU next next week. Like, yeah, it's at home, but I'm sorry. I think we can all agree Tanner Mordecai is more accurate than any quarterback that we've played this season. And not saying, our, like, listen, we're going to give defense a lot of praise. Even though, again, 438 yards, I think the story of this year's defense is they give up a lot of yards, but they stop teams in the red zone. It's almost like the New England Patriots. Look. You know, just saying. But with a quarterback like Tanner Mordecai, I'm sorry. If they go next week and they just throw the ball all over the field and they get in the red zone, I think they're putting it in the end zone. They're, he's not going to be missing balls over receivers' heads or throwing it out of bounds. He's going to be hitting balls right in the hands of the receivers. And that's going to make it an interesting game because then it's up to UCF. To, and we could talk, we're going to talk about SMU later I mean or we don't want to get too far into it but it's hard not to be like you're facing some real teams coming up and I'm sorry my confidence level for us at this moment against those teams is very low not in the sense that I don't think we can do it but Georgia Tech struggled heavily this season and didn't really do much on offense and that's just a fact but let's go into defense for a little bit because Again, defense saved the team. I think the defense is a top 20 defense in the country. Not so much in total yards. I think that's the one thing, Rob, that we can say, like, listen, they give up a lot of yards. But as you told me, 
<clears throat> yards doesn't win you football games. It's ultimately how many points you score. So what do you like about this defense? I think they've just proven to us week after week. I think it's like a it's a constant thing on this podcast is, oh, we love the defense because they're winning the football games for us, mm-hmm. ultimately. Yeah, I mean, if UCF has an identity right now, it's falling back on their defense and having their defense bail them out every time. I, I mean, again, you like you said, we allowed a lot of offense, a lot of yardage, but it's that mentality again that I've talked about, you know, throughout this season so far. Bend, don't break. It they're bending to the yardage. They're giving up a lot of yardage, but they're not breaking. They're not. They're not allowing the red zone threat. I mean, again, zero and five in the red zone. Like, yeah, Jeff Sims is like kind of inaccurate and historically has been inaccurate, but uh, UCF's defense has been phenomenal. Again, block punt return. You know, um, could have had a <laughs> could have had a fumble recovery that got swatted away at the one and ended up turning into a. Uh, turning into a touchback and a turnover. But, you know, I think UCF's defense has been great at getting turnovers. It's been great at getting, and I think what really we've been really good at is the red zone coverage. It's just, you know, these teams can throw all over you, run all over you, get down to the 10-yard line, get down to the 5-yard line, get down to, you know, first and goal, and they'll force them into a three and out. I mean, it's it's very, very impressive. Um, so many guys on the defense had a great game. I think, um, Walter Yates had a great game. Uh, Jeremiah Jean Baptiste was phenomenal today. Um, just so many guys on the defense just step up and the leaders that need to step up on the defense step up and they've, they got to give them full credit. They keep the team in the game. I mean, there's so many times where UCF's offense just has no, no good drive and, you know, the defense could easily succumb to that and get tired and, allow you know uh, the score to run up and they don't they just they they're resilient and that's and i i will say like watching the game was frustrating right because it it just seemed like georgia tech would just move the ball so quickly and would come and they'd be in our territory like like that and you're like oh okay well here's where the defense is gonna kind of slack and they're gonna bring it in it just seems like they always make a play now, here's my question, and this is, I think, valid to the point that to this point, after four games, the defense has proven and has shown that they all have some dogs in them. That's a fact. <laughs> and that they don't allow a lot of points. But, Nick, here's my question. Where did, when does it become – you can give up yards, right? But when, has, when is it going to be just a little too much to bite off? You're about to face some teams that are really good on offense – that can put up points, when is it going to be, hey, listen, the bend-don't-break can work, and they've proven that they can stop teams in the red zone, but when is it like, next week, are they going to be allowed to give up 440 yards to SMU and win this game? Not a shot. Not a shot. I mean, I I, I see SMU. I mean, they're a 2-2 two and two football team. I mean, they came up just short against, uh, what was it, TCU today. But they still put up points. They always seem to put up 30 or 40 every week because Tanner Mordecai is that good. He might be the best overall quarterback in the conference, to be honest with you. And he's I think he's the best thrower of the football that they're going to face thus far in the season. So I I just don't think it's a sustainable way. You have to, at some point, you have got to avoid the large gashes and you have got to stop the run. You have got to do it. And I, 
I don't want to focus on what happened in FAU because it looks like an anomaly at this point, the way the defense played in the second half. Listen, 10 points is 10 points. I get it. And credit you. You forced them to make the errors or they did it themselves, whatever. That's awesome. But this is a Georgia Tech team that's going absolutely nowhere. Coach is on the hot seat. These players are just, I mean, they look like Jeff Sims and a bunch of guys out there, being honest with you. So I don't think it's sustainable whatsoever. At some point, you have to make more stands. You're not going to give up 400 yards of offense every game and then give up less than 20 points. It's just not going to happen. But give them credit at this point. Haven't we been longing for a UCF defense that gives up this amount of points or lack thereof mm-hmm. points? We've been longing mm-hmm. for that. I just wish the mm-hmm. offense could catch up a little bit and this team would be 4-0 and maybe it's a different discussion. But, uh, again, you're 3-1. and Your defense has been the surprisingly strong point of, of what's going on here. So... I think they're moving in the right direction. And, of course, that linebacking core, to me, is the standout. Every single game, the middle of that defense just dominates. And that's without Tatum Bethune, by the way. Which is, coming into the season, that was kind of the biggest question mark. And Travis Williams would have been the first to tell you, was like, what are we going to get out of our linebackers? Because, yeah, like losing Tatum Bethune was huge. I mean, he mm-hmm. was the best defender on that defense. And they have, not surprisingly, but kind of like wow like they are playing crazy good with just the speed they get to the quarterback they're good in the middle of the field the only negative of the defense this game specifically was you know the secondary there was a lot of 50 50 balls that georgia tech caught that was kind of the you know big negative but i mean again at the end of the day they stopped them when it mattered and yeah, I mean, we've always wanted a defense like this. They're a top 20 defense in the country right now. And I think, let's, let's look at FSU. FSU played Louisville, right? Gave up 31 points. I mean, yes, they, they won. Like, they beat Louisville. We didn't. But looking back at that game, I think a lot of people will be surprised. Like, Syracuse blew the doors off of them. But I think looking back at that game now, you're like, listen, this UCF defense held them to 20 points. USF couldn't. Key, like it, forty gave forty one. I mean, so Louisville has proven against bad defenses they can put up points. Against good defenses, I think UCF proved. Like, listen, even though they didn't win the game, that was more of an offensive issue. UCF kind of stood out and showed what they could be. But I agree with Nick. Four hundred thirty eight yards to Georgia Tech. I'm scared for next week. There's no question. I am scared because I think Tanner Mordecai will throw the ball around, and it's gonna come. I don't. I don't have enough trust in this offense to put up 34 points to match SMU. I just don't, and I don't think I'm crazy for thinking that. Yeah, and I think you know, like you said, Sean, there was a lot of 50-50 balls. You know, most of the time Georgia Tech was able to win those those duels. Um, but also the defense was set up in such a scheme that it seemed like they were trying to take away the big plays, which they did. They didn't allow a lot of big yardage plays. I think we talked about this earlier today while we were watching the game. Um, you know, they didn't allow a lot of big plays, but instead, you know, you're seeing a lot of these screen plays, a lot of these plays up the middle, a lot of these runs where UCF was given up eight, nine, ten yards a carry, ten yards a throw, and that was good for first down. So that's where all the yardage came from. It wasn't from big plays. It was just from letting those little plays in because, you know, they're playing so far up on them. But I think, too, 
you know, there is a lot of positive from this defense. And we saw a stat earlier ESPN had on the broadcast. Sean, I don't know if you have the specific stat um, because I just saw it momentarily on the broadcast today. But it compared the last three seasons of UCF's defense and where they ranked nationally. I think 2020 um, was the first year they looked at, and it was something like 170th in the country. I, 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 it was it's something high. in the 100s. It was like in 170 or something like that. 2021, it goes down to like 97, 95, something like that. This season, I believe it was 13th, I want to say, is what we saw. 19th. 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 Top 20 defense, like you've been saying. I mean, that is such a culture shift from where Randy Shannon had the defense to what Travis Williams has the defense right now. So, yes, they are allowing a lot of yardage, and they're going to get a real test against Tanner Mordecai and SMU next week. But damn, what a jump that is, and how impressive is is that that UCF has completely shifted their identity on defense. Oh, and trust me, the next episode is going to be great. So make sure you like and subscribe, share, comment, all that good stuff. Because next week, and not even next week, yeah, like right before the SMU game, we're going into everything. Because this is the biggest test. Next week is the biggest test. We're going to see what this UCF defense is. I know we said it about a, lot, a couple of the other games, like Louisville. And they proved, okay, they, they're legit. Next week, they are going to be the reason UCF wins. I don't care how many yards the offense you know, throws or runs or whatever. It's going to be what this defense can do. This defense can do that against SMU. And I think we all said it. We've said it last week, right? Ultimately, the defense is good enough to where UCF's not going to be getting blown out. They're going to keep us in every game. So you're not going to see a 56-20 whatever thing from last year against SMU. The game's going to be close. It's ultimately going to come down to can the defense make the stops in the red zone like they're doing with all these other teams. And it's against, listen, you have to look at the opponents too. We're a top 20 defense. We've played South Carolina State, Louisville, Georgia Tech, FAU. I mean, not saying that hasn't helped us, but at the end of the day, defense has to stop who they have to stop. You said it, Rob. Rushing, and you said it, Nick. The rushing's a problem. They threw 314 passing yards, which is also scary since Jeff Sims has only thrown, he's thrown less than 200 yards every game this season. Went over <laughs> 300 today. But they still allowed 124 rushing yards. Still. So it's, that is concerning. There's no question. Um, I think there's two clear defensive winners or studs I defensive studs today that's Tramon Morris Brash and Jeremiah John Baptiste hands down two top players on the field only negative was running the fumble back and letting it go touchback I mean would have changed the game even though it didn't really matter you would like to see that kind of played Devod Wilson he should have seen the guy and blocked him not gonna good play on the defense, but Nick, how important you pick one of those guys? How important are these two, especially to the defense? Because I'll be honest, just looking at the team, if you take away Traymon, Jeremiah, Josh Salisgar, any one of them from this defense, I think we're looking at a completely different defense, even with the depth that we have. Yeah, it's becoming a weekly occurrence here. Those two names in particular, Trayvon Morris-Brash and Jeremiah John-Baptiste, those are the best two players on the field. 
It's becoming a weekly thing, save for last week when Baptiste didn't play. And then Jason Johnson steps up in there, and he was great. And he was great again tonight. Which, right? yeah, he led the team in tackles tonight, so he's still... Yeah, and then and then you get, a, you get a contribution tonight, too, also from Kobe Perry, who we hadn't really talked about much on this program. So, and then, of course, the, three, the three-headed... Uh, what is it, Devontae Brown, Devon Wilson, and Justin Hodges in the back. I think those guys have all been solid. For the most part, they had their issues in this game, no doubt about it. But, yeah, I think Traymon probably is the key ingredient to this defense. He has so much experience on that defensive line. I pegged him as a guy who could maybe get to 10 sacks this year. I think he's going to have to up up, up uh, his pace a little bit there. But I think this is back-to-back games with sacks for him. He could be a game wrecker when he wants to be. And then Jeremiah John Baptiste, like you said, I mean, filling in for Tatum, but or not filling in, but being the man of that defense. He is unquestioned the leader of that defense there. Vocal, mm-hmm. he's flying around. He almost looks like he's trimmed himself up a little bit. He's a lot quicker than he was when he first got on campus, which is what you like to see. And I think Travis Williams, I believe Travis Williams was a linebacker coach at Auburn before he was a defensive coordinator. So he has a lot yeah. of experience coaching linebackers. And so I don't, I don't think, honestly, it's that shocking when you think about it, that the linebacking group has been such success like it has been under Travis Williams. And here's the thing. I think just looking at the team as it is right now, on the defense, not talking about offense, I think you've got four NFL guys. Like, just based off of what we've seen so far and how they've played in the – I think Traymond Morris-Brash is an NFL-type player. Jeremiah John-Baptiste – I think Josh Salascar and I think Devontae Brown are all NFL-caliber players that can get drafted. They've shown it. They've played like it. And ultimately, they're going to be the reason. If if we go far defensive-wise, they're going to be the reason. So, I go ahead, Nick. I, well, I just wanted to – well, no, you go ahead. You go ahead. Oh, this is a different point. Separate point. Well, no. that's. I'm just saying that kind of – we're not saying we haven't had defensive guys drafted, right? We have. Like, it's it, we've had it over however many years. Kalia Davis just got drafted last year. I'm just saying it kind of shows you, not saying that offensively we don't have guys that can, but I don't see one guy on our team right now that would get drafted tomorrow. Those four guys, I think, would. So I think that's just, ultimately, when we say, ooh, UCF this, UCF that. Look at the players on offense that have got drafted the last couple of years and look at the offense. It's all based on how teams have played. And I think especially with this defense, you're seeing guys that have NFL talent that are fast, quick, make the right plays, tackle for losses, sacks. That's what you like to see. And on the offense, I'm sorry, but like, yeah, we look at Ryan O'Keefe as a potential NFL player. They're not getting him the ball to show anything. So it's like, I think that's mainly, you're looking, I'm looking at, who could potentially get drafted, and those guys kind of stand out for me. Would we add Ricky Barber to that, too, as well? I thought he's been pretty good this season, too. I think he's a cusp. Yeah, like, he's been outstanding. I mean, he's been great. I'm kind of putting him, like, on the cusp of that. But I think... That's fair. Four guys, like, I mean, geez. I mean, we'd be lucky if all four of them got drafted. I mean... (laughs) Hey, I wanted to I wanted to bring this up this point up here, just some food for thought, and maybe this will Mm -hmm. tell you why... The defense gives up yards some games and some games not. The common theme in the two games where they have been very leaky in the defense, the Louisville game and the Georgia Tech game, running quarterbacks. 
running quarterbacks. First game, whatever. You're supposed to dominate. The third game was Nkosi Perry, who was not a running threat whatsoever. Totally shut that defense down. Right? Yeah, but he can run. He just he can run, but he didn't run in the game, though. Yeah, he didn't no, run I in agree. the game. I agree, yep. So I look at that, and I look at what's ahead. SMU, Temple, and East Carolina. Tanner Mordecai ain't running out of the pocket. EJ Warner for Temple ain't running out of the pocket. And Holt Naylor's for East Carolina ain't running he out can. of the pocket. Uh, Holt he can, will. but it's not as... He will. Maybe he will. He ain't Malik Cunningham, and he ain't Jeff Sims. Let's just no. put it like that. He's buff. He's a he buff. could get out of the pocket, yes, but he ain't doing that. Anyway, my point is, I think that is what I'm, so, I'm most interested in seeing. Is this defense just, they can't adjust to the running quarterbacks? Is that the issue? Or is that, is that present issues for them? Or is it something different? I think that we're going to find that out here in these next three weeks because you're getting a string of three quarterbacks who would prefer to stay in the pocket, all three of them, by all means, especially Mordecai. Yeah. I want to see how this defense fares against those because when they've gone up against running quarterbacks this year, that's when we've come back on here and said, oh, my gosh, they've given up a million yards, right? So, yeah, I don't know, just some food for thought there, just trying to read into things here. Yeah, and I didn't even think about like I – the FAU game, yes, like we all talked about it. It was 18 yards they allowed in the second half. So, not to, like, I was just specifically saying the two games that we came back on this pod and were like, God, that was a bad, like, we gave up a lot of yards was Georgia Tech and Louisville. FAU, they played great. Yeah. And that's actually, that is a good thought. I mean, and you have to think, I just think, I think talent wise, SMU is probably the most talented offense we'll see this year and I don't think I'm exaggerating in that sense I think offensive wise they're the most talented I mean, they got the don't most talented shaft quarterback the USF Bulls man what's the matter with you oh I know I know man you wow. were doing so Gary. well Nick Gary the savior Gary the savior was just he was the, I know I know you I, I feel bad for you Tony what's the running back's name Tony Batie or Brian Batie great dude spoke Brian Batie Spoke to him this week. Great dude. Great dude. Great dude that sucked this week. So hey, third in the nation and third in the nation in, in yards per carry. Just saying. All American The real question turn. is, is Gary Bohannon the worst quarterback in the state? I'd rather have Nikosi Perry. Again, another Nikosi another Perry. guy that another guy I've spoken to, great young man. I, I loved him coming in. But, you know, Nick, you just got to be honest with yourself. I mean, I, again, I'm, I, he's a great dude, and I thought he was going to bring a winning attitude here. He won 11 games last year, but he was pulled today for Travis Marsh, and uh, I think that probably is going to be the way it stays. So it just has not worked out. You know, I, Jeff Scott should have really handled that Timmy McLean situation a lot better. I, I tweeted that today. I mean, I said it'd be nice to have Timmy McLean in there. Right yeah. Timmy touchdowns. Timmy touchdowns might have actually won you a game in uh, Gainesville. Just saying. Next year, um, Timmy might be tucked away on the on the death chart a little bit. Who knows? I mean, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> well, all right, guys. Yeah, it was. Listen, like we said, a win's a win. We're gonna take it how we can get it. I don't care. But next week is a huge week, and I feel like we're gonna be saying that for every single week to come. Uh, it's gonna be mm -hmm. a long season. We still got a lot of games left, and I think the best is still yet to come. If this offense can figure it out, 
I think this UCF team is very scary. And again, we're starting conference play next week. So that's great. We can finally get a conference game under our belt. And I think, if anything, get out all of the bad stuff in the non-conference games, like we have said, and let's get going in this conference, these conference games, because ultimately, it's looking good. If UCF can can put strengths and wins together in the conference, I don't think they'll have much of an issue going to the American Conference Championship. I, and I, the second best team in the state of Florida, folks. The second best team in the state of Florida. And for all, and I agree with that, and I, everybody will agree with that. I hope. If any UCF, like, I listen. It takes a real UCF fan to admit that. So that's all we're gonna say on that. Um. All right. It's the truth. It's the truth. We don't listen. I'm a man. I can say that. Final thoughts, Rob. Any f- final thoughts on this game? And. Uh, yeah, final thoughts. Uh, yay defense, uh, and also shout out Colton Boomer. We didn't talk about him much, but oh, we didn't talk God. about Colton Boomer. Thank, thank, no, let's talk God. about Colton me, Boomer. Allow me. Allow yeah, I got you. you Just go. give your go final ahead. thought on the kicker. Give your final thought on the kicker yeah. and move on. Thank you God make we four have kicks. Yes, thank God we have somebody that can actually make field goals. No offense, Daniel Obarski. Sure, he's a great guy, but offense. thank God we finally have a good kicker. Yeah. That's my thoughts. Nick, do you want to give your thoughts on Mr. Boomer? Boomer. I love saying that. Boomer. Boomer. Give me a, love Colton give Boomer. me your best give me your best boomer. Rob, give me your best boomer. Boomer. Interesting. And that was that was kind of weak. Yeah, it was kind of I, I didn't want to yell, I don't want to yell into the mic. Your best, if you're going to give me your best boomer, I need some more baritone there. You know, I feel like the way I say it is like Colton, boomer, like, <laughs> like just boom. Was that loud? I feel like that was pretty loud. That's I love Colton. For your standards, we'll take it. Boomer. Okay, I'll mean, take quick it. Quick to the point. Boomer. But yeah, he had the he had the greatest field goal that I have ever witnessed as a UCF uh, fan, student, alum, whatever. Forty three dollar, forty three dollars. Jeez, <laughs> forty three yards. Right down the you-know-what. Love to see it. That ball did not move. Boomer is here to stay. Cut NIL deals and everything. He should not buy... He should. Not, he can't even pay for a drink, can he? He's not old enough, no, is he? Nope. Nope. Well, he shouldn't pay for something. I don't know what. Buy him an iced tea. Something. Buy him a burger. Free pop stroke. I don't know. A nice, a nice steak. Yeah, I love Colton Boomer. And he gets so hyped. I love it. He gets so hyped. Even after an extra like an extra point, he's like just getting so pumped. I'm like, I love that. Like and also I love the Aussie punter. I love him too. We, we love our special teams, you know, kickers. So great. Yeah, hey, we got right like the best team. long snapper. We got the best long snapper in the country, right? Did he win the we long do. snapper award? Yep. Number there one. You so we're thank you, Colton. Thank you for solving our our kicking woes. Let's part of our issue. It. It's part of the issue that we fixed. <laughs> so we appreciate it. Hey, th- those points help today. I mean, we'll take oh, the we'll take absolutely. those. Um, yeah. All right. We will be back. Uh, games on Saturday. We'll be back Thursday with the SMU preview. Big game starting conference play. Make sure to like, subscribe, share, follow, tweet, do all those things. We appreciate the support. 
And yes, UCF beats Georgia Tech 27-10 and will be starting conference play next week. Big game against SMU. All right, that is it for Charge On. Go Knights, Charge On. We will see you on Thursday. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.